0: Now, you are so, on a uh, back here on Earth. You are on a book tour. Yes. Matt, have you been on book tours? Uh, I have not. Oh. Um, uh, I uh, just sitting around. i trying in to get Matt a better and, agent. I'm trying <laughs> to get Matt a better agent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah so, Brian's book, uh, Losing the Nobel Prize, is in major bookstores everywhere. Number one on Amazon. Yeah, it was uh it was ranked like that uh and then I think Michio Kaku re- regained the lead and oh, man we've been in a we've been in a slugfest ever since but um
0: <laughs> there's two what there's two great what the ifs in 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 um the concept for your book. One unfortunately is not a what the if I lost the Nobel Prize. But you 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 had some personal experience with that through yeah. through, through is it bicep through bicep? Yeah. And yeah, then, so but the mm-hmm. the other what the if which is great is what the, if the prize were m- distributed more widely and, you know, it, describe. So, in, in this terms of what oh. the, if, what is the world you imagine? Um, could yeah. So happen I, if it was things I were reformed. Myself, you know, what if the Nobel
1: Prize was radically reformed because of these really, in my mind, fatal. Lacune that it, that it has, or, you know, what if it was just not, not there? How would the, how would the world look? How would science be different if there were no Nobel, no Nobel prize? Wow. And, you know, it's so fascinating to me because we're actually going to find out what's going to happen this year. I couldn't have asked for better publicity and I owe the Swedish Royal Academy a a lot (laughs) because of all the publicity they're giving my book. Um, But but in reality, the literature prize has been canceled by order of the King of Sweden Mm. this year because of a dramatic uh, sex abuse scandal, financial crimes investigation going on. And so we're going to learn this year what happens if the Nobel Prize in literature uh, were to be canceled. And I think we should take a very close look at that as physicists as well. Because there's no law of nature, there's no, you know, law of thermodynamics that says that the Nobel Prize will always be as prestigious as it is. And the reason that it's making such big headlines in literature prizes is because the Nobel Prize is not only science's highest prize, literature, peace, medicine, chemistry, etc., economics, it's but it's all humanity's most superlative accolade. And Because of this, I think it has a special responsibility to reflect the way that science is done and literature and et cetera is done, not when Alfred Nobel created it in 1895, but the way it is done now, 123 years later. And it's really failed to live up to the lofty ideals that Alfred Nobel uh, put forth in his will in the late 19th century. It's not so surprising, right? I mean, how right. many things created 123 years ago are still more or less unchanged, or, or if they have changed, have changed for the worse?
0: For sure, for sure. So, so just uh, to cap off your book, uh, just paint a picture of the, wor- the world is now where you hope it would be. And what, what does it look like? So,
1: I think that the world would go on just fine without the Nobel Prize. And in some sense, it might be even more. Uh, of a just world in, in in the sense that it's really impossible for a prize to be anything but a way of kind of rewarding the base kind of human nature desire for credit and, and priority, kind of lower human emotions in some sense. Not that I have problems with the winners of the Nobel Prize, but the institution of the Nobel Prize is a lot of deep signs of, of corruption. And, and I think you know, you're just seeing that now, but in the literature prize, but I, I don't think it's unique to it. So I think to the extent that science wants to be a meritocracy, that science wants to, you know, proclaim that it is a rational discipline, that I think that, and that to the extent that we want to keep the Nobel Prize, I think it has to be changed in, in five specific ways that I outline in the book. I should say the book is, you know, there's three out of, Thirteen or fourteen chapters about the Nobel Prize, and I've color coded them. So if your <laughs> listeners don't care about it, they can choose choose their own adventure wow, that's and think ahead. The <laughs> yeah, but but if they do like it, then they can you know read those chapters. And and those chapters lay out five specific reforms to avoid the crucifixion of of the Church of Alfred Nobel, as I describe it. Ooh. And <laughs> and I think that you know just just as people are kind of reluctant to change their religion. You know, people are, ch- are reluctant to change their, you know, kind of idolatry of the Nobel Prize. So I, I think it'll be an uphill battle. I think it's really resonated, particularly with young scientists that that have, I think, the most at stake. Which is, which is when I talked to them and said, "Look, there are all these, you know, failures of the Nobel Prize to reflect how science is currently done, and and the way that it rewrites history." So Matt's a scholar of history and as well as science, and and I think. When you look at the Nobel Prize, it has a way of rewriting how science was conducted. And, yes. and it's just one example is, is, is that it cannot go to posthumous winners. So you can't win the prize, even if technically if you die the day before the prize. Although oh, right. they have given it to deceased laureates in the past. They were... All men in all three cases, and two of the three were Swedish men. I have to point out, hmm. uh, but um, but nowadays, yeah, you're so so. This past year, when the LIGO experiment won the Nobel Prize, they had to go through these strange gymnastics in the in the award description to write out of history one of the three founding fathers who was a member of what they used to call the Troika. Of, his name was Ron Drever, and he co-conceived and co managed and ran LIGO for many years, and then he happened to die, as I point out in my book, basically, the, the, if he had died, you know, a couple of weeks later, mm-hmm. you know, or if the Nobel Prize has been, so the Nobel Prize was awarded for these two black holes in the center maybe of some distant galaxy, and they crashed together, and they released gravitational waves over a billion years ago, And the signals were detected on Earth in September. So this is a night. Here's a perfect what the if scenario. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question: What if these these two black holes detected by LIGO in on September 15th, September 14th, 2015? What if they had spiraled together 11 days earlier? Well, I'll tell you what would have happened. So if history, you know, played out the way that we thought it would, and and there's no reason to expect that LIGO wouldn't have released their data 11 days earlier, which would have put them. Uh, into January of 2016 instead of February of 2016. So they made the announcement on February 11th, 2016, that they detected these black holes back in September. But now, what if they had come together 11 days earlier and they had detected them and made the press release instead of September 15th, let's say September 1st, and they made the announcement on January 15th instead of February. Then that year, I would have been, I was a nominator of the 2016 Nobel Prizes and i would have been able to nominate the, them as winners of the nobel prize and they would have won the nobel prize for sure because that's what they ended up doing just a year later but because they released the data 11 days later and they uh, and the and the announcement was pushed back after the deadline the 2016 nobel prize nomination deadline i couldn't nominate them no one could nominate them and they were forced into the 2017 nobel prize eligibility period which they did win now what happened unfortunately for ron drever is he died in march of 2017 so that, by their rules that they made up in 1974, rendered him ineligible. So not only did they have to rewrite him out of history and say that he didn't deserve a Nobel Prize, even though these other two gentlemen that he would have assuredly won the Nobel Prize with did win it, but, um, but also they had to give it to another person whose role would have been eliminated had he not died in March of 2017. So if these black holes had collided just 11 days earlier, Out of 1.3 billion years, then this guy would have had a Nobel Prize. His family, he would have gone down in scientific history. Instead, he's a footnote in the
0: announcement, and they actually disparage some of the
1: accomplishments that he made.
0: Well, of course, it sounds like a a part of the problem, and I'm sure you would agree. It's something that uh, Matt works very hard to do. I work hard to do, and I think you do too, which is to help people understand that science is not a cult of personality. There are heroes. But there are many, Correct. many, many heroes at many, many, many levels. And right. um, uh, I must say, the scientific papers these days are more, they seem to be more fair in the sense that you see many, many, many names more than you used to see. Uh, true. At the true top but there's of the still at the most
1: three winners of the Nobel Prize. Yep. And I always ask people, why, well, you know, why wouldn't you give it to, you know, why can't you give it to uh, Vera Rubin? say, who discovered dark matter by many, many accounts. At least she provided strong evidence for it. So why couldn't she win it? And then, you know, I could ask Matt, who's, you know, physics, uh, you know, as, as much of a physics scholar as anybody. And, you know, I'm sure as I've asked many people, well, because she's dead. And then I always ask, well, what law of thermodynamics says that? You know, it's like we treat the laws <laughs> of the Nobel Prize. It's just like 500 white men in Sweden that make up these rules and then we all cower before it. I just saw a play yesterday in San Diego about this Nobel Prize, it was was put on by our ethics department here in San Diego and it was about this Nobel aspirant who fudged some of his data, you know, a theoretical you know, I mean um, a a fictional play but but he faked it all and, and the one thing he wouldn't give up, his wife asked him to come clean about all sorts of things including infidelity and and he's willing to commit to that, but he's not willing to, to admit that he falsified data because he would lose the Nobel Prize. And I say, you know, it's just it's just really kind of preposterous. Or so another example is this this famous physicist, uh, Donald, uh, uh, Donald Pines, I think is his first name. Anyway, he came up with the theory of superconductivity along with Bardeen, Cooper, and Schrieffer. And the obituary for him last weekend in the New York Times said, uh, said noted physicists, uh, accomplished physicists, um, had a successful career although he didn't win a Nobel Prize.
0: You know, like, <laughs> you've never seen that
1: like actor or you know like you know Hillary Clinton had a great you know career, although she wasn't president you know or, or you could say you know uh, some, some Oscar winner you know who didn't win or Oscar aspirant well they were a good actor but they didn't win I mean one person out of you know 150 million people can win best actor or actress every year so It's, it's like there's that,
0: a there's an anti-matter Nobel yes. Prize that is Given out at the same time, and is right, handed right. to <laughs> us to an unfortunate elite group of people: uh, minorities, right. uh, women, right. and um, the fourth beetle. Essentially, yeah. but <laughs> uh, mean, ask, meanwhile, the two black holes got awards posthumously. I mean, they died. yes,
1: black holes did. That's right. Although one one did emerge, but I mean, I, you could ask one more: what the if? And there would be well, what what if they cha- They they were a fair and just. Justly awarded. In other words, what if they gave it to people like Vera Rubin or to Ronald Drever? What What if? What would happen to the Nobel? Prize? Nothing, except it might slightly diminish a little bit of their prestige for the Nobel Committee. Yeah. But they're a monopoly. Like you know, I, mean, I don't hear too many people complain. Oh, poor Apple. You know, they they only have a trillion dollar. You know, it's like <laughs> That's right. you don't really That's right. feel you're not supposed to feel bad for monopolies, and the Nobel Prize is much the strongest monopoly on earth, at least of its kind. The
0: book is called Losing the Nobel Prize by Mm -hmm. Brian Keating, and it is available everywhere. Brian, Thank thank you so much. Thanks for joining us, man. Take care. Bye now. Bye, guys. Bye.